Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by producer Terry Labaugh. Aloha. Aloha to you, too. <laughs> if you're wondering why we are saying aloha, it's because today's show is about tea in Hawaii. Last week, we did a great show about tea from Portugal, mm -hmm. but it's not really from the mainland Portugal that you know. It's actually from an independent colony called the Azores Islands. Which I had never even heard of. I know. Neither had I. Mm -hmm. And when we got to looking at it, it's the most beautiful place. Yes. And of course, who wouldn't want to go there? But we continue today on another beautiful place, a little closer to home, the Hawaiian Islands. Did you know that tea could be grown in Hawaii? No. <laughs> Most people did not. And, this was news to me. <laughs> and there's a lot of information there about tea in Hawaii because it's really fascinating what mm -hmm. they are capable of doing there. The real theme of the show, though, is kind of the do-over. Because when we <laughs> first did this interview with Eva Lee from Tea Hawaii, it was on the floor of the World Tea Expo. Mm -hmm. And when we were there, it was so crazy and yeah. frazzled that we weren't able to really sit down with her at her booth. So we had to take her to another place, the media room. And ironically, that was the loudest place of all because there was music and there were all of these other things going and on. And how. I didn't know how they could possibly call that the media room. That That's was. Well, and ultimately <laughs> what wound up happening is that the interview was not of very good quality. Now, we didn't know that at the time. We did the interview anyway. But later on, when we listened to it, like three or four weeks later, the quality was quite poor. Now, ironically, Eva Lee's mother lives right here in our hometown of Tucson. So two days later, she was down here, and we got to go out and got to know each other better. And so not only was the audio quality a little poor on that interview, now that we have gotten to know each other a little better, I think that even our second interview was a little more rich because now she was quite relaxed. We did it when she was in Hawaii. Right. And it's a beautiful, beautiful interview. And she's a beautiful person, and so you'll definitely want to hear what she has to say. And, you know, it's like anything. Do-overs, it's just part of life. <laughs> Oftentimes when we record the show, we make mistakes. There's ums and ahs <laughs> and things that we uh, screw up with. And Sarah, our editor, cleans it all up. Sometimes we re-record segments after we listen to one if we don't like it. So do-overs are a very good thing. So when we come back, I'm going to present to you our do-over interview with Eva Lee, the first portion of it. And then we're going to talk about the fact that in a certain way, the seeds of this interview were kind of planted even before Steeping Around came into being. You'll want to hear that story, so stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hello, everyone. This is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, yerba mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking yerba mate for years now and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, yerba mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. 
So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest yerba mate, visit us at mayatea.com and don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Minnie Shaw, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by producer Terry Labaugh, talking about tea from Hawaii. Many of you may not have known that you could get tea from Hawaii. No, I I didn't know either. It's not a well-known fact, but some of the greatest teas I've ever tried come from there. We're going to play a portion of the interview that I did with Eva Lee, who's from T Hawaii. Now, the interview was rather long. We had a nice conversation, and it ran for quite a while. And so today, I'm going to play the portion where we actually talked about the history of tea in Hawaii and the land that she grows her beautiful plants on. Let's listen to what she has to say, because I promise you, when you're finished, you're going to want to go there. Take a listen. I think where I wanted to start off the conversation is talking about tea in Hawaii in general. Where does it begin? What's the history of tea in Hawaii? Well, it's about 10 years now since the reintroduction of tea here in the state of Hawaii. You know, tea has somewhat of a history before that, but our most recent history is with this reintroduction that the USDA Pacific Basin Agricultural Research Center was doing some research on the camellia sinensis, the plants, the different cultivars and varietals. And in the year 2000, they had let the public and the community of Hawaii know about this research and that this may be a good specialty crop for the state to consider. So during that time, there was a research scientist by the name of Dr. Francis Z with Peabark who was doing this research and was very passionate about tea and its history, as well as what it could do in serving the state of Hawaii as a specialty crop. Okay, but you're saying that the tea was there before? Well, there were some various different trials and errors, and of course, during the early plantation days of sugar, there would be workers from different countries coming in from Japan and China, Philippines, and elsewhere. But you hear some of these stories about some of the folks from Japan in particular and China that had brought some plants with them just for family. And you can find some of those plants around the state that are now like old trees. There are not a lot of them, but there are a few scattered throughout the state by some of these old plantation workers. Then after that, about 40 years ago, there was attempts by larger companies that already are doing tea plantations in India, Africa, and elsewhere that wanted to look to the state of Hawaii as another location for producing a commodity tea. And they just found that economically, the numbers just didn't balance out with all of the costs in the state of Hawaii being much more expensive. So those attempts in trying to create business of tea plantations didn't work. And so these companies pulled out. And with that, they had left some teas as well. So there are a few small gardens in one there's particular that is in existence today that is producing some teas with us, but 
overall, that experiment did not go the way of large-scale tea production. So that sort of stopped, and we then reached the year 2000 with the research that had taken place. Now, what makes Hawaii ideal for growing tea? Well, we have the perfect soil because of the ongoing volcanic activity. So our soils vary from areas of the island chain, but in particular, the volcanic soil, the pH, the acidity is very conducive for tea. Of course, then we don't have the pollution problems. So we have clean air, clean water, clean soils, and those elements combined really help bring out a specific character that we're finding in our teas that are unique and primarily characteristics that Hawaii is able to create. And since we cannot recreate the types of teas that are from other countries and the great, wonderful teas that come from those other areas, our objective is not necessarily to duplicate but to just see what we are able to produce here, given the elements. And right now, there are folks that are growing almost at sea level on up to 4,000 feet. That's where we are, in particular in Volcano Village on the island of Hawaii. So describe to me a little bit about your island and where you're at. And you said that there are plantations from zero to 4,000. So can you give us sort of a picture of where you are and a little bit more about your company specifically? We're located specifically in a town called Volcano, Volcano Village on the Big Island. It's its nickname, but basically Hawaii Island. And this is the most southern island in the state island chain. And it is the youngest island with the island still being created through the volcanic activity. So we specifically are at that 4,000-foot elevation. We're in a rainforest, but you can also drive about 10 minutes away and go to the leeward side of Kilauea Volcano, which is what we're on, and it's considered a desert area. And we have another tea grower that's on that side. So us located at 4,000-foot elevation, uh, we have our garden here and are referring to all of our tea production agriculture as tea gardens. We aren't of the scale of plantations, and that template, so to speak, was made very clear to us that if we were going to be involved in a specialty crop, we really needed to consider small scale. And small scale for Hawaii is anything 10 acres and under. And so the idea is for other growers to be producing tea gardens that would be of that scale. Our company also collaborates with other growers that are located on this island at the moment that are producing enough for commercial production. We have a grower that is down at a 900-foot elevation. His name is John Cross, and he has a tea garden there that is actually about 17 years old. And then we also have another grower by the name of Mike Riley, who does at 3,600-foot elevation, and he's not too far from where we're located. And then we have another tea grower, Mr. Fong, who is located at the 2,000-foot elevation, and Alex Wood, that is also one of our neighbor fellow tea growers at the same elevation of 4,000 feet. So the idea these days is to collaborate, form collectives where people can work together still in a small scale capacity, but yet collectively be able to produce a substantial yield that we can distribute. 
We're about six years old as far as as a company, but all of us have been involved in tea for 10 plus years as far as located here in Hawaii as an agricultural activity. And previous to that, many of us involved in tea from cultural and supporting arts, so to speak, aspects of tea. We have been producing these premium collections where everything has been handcrafted from hand harvested to hand processed. Uh, we are going to be moving into a semi-machine assist with some processing equipment that we just recently acquired. So our teas, in comparison, because the pricing is quite up there due to our circumstances and the costs that you were mentioning earlier, is it's an interesting set of dynamics because depending upon where a grower is located on our island, their cost of inputs and labor can be substantially different than another grower on the same island but at a different hmm. location. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to also note that the types of teas that you're producing, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but you talked about a tea being a commodity and making an attempt for that, and that's not what you folks are doing. I think that it has to be recognized that these are artisanal quality teas. This is this is like at the very top of the scale. It doesn't, Absolutely. It, you know, it doesn't get any better than this because everything is hand done, everything is hand grown, and you're doing all of it. And so... I think that when you're looking at the pricing and so forth, it has to take into account that it literally is a one-to-one -one connection. You grew it, you picked it, you processed it, oxidized it, and sending it over. So it really is as close as we can get, I think, to knowing... I mean, because even if you buy it in Asia, even the high-end teas in Asia, you don't know the grower. You don't have that connection. And here, you actually can. That's right. And what we've started to do is to offer to the public to be able to read up a little bit about each of our growers. And if one wanted to get in touch with any of the specific growers, they're totally approachable, reachable. And we hope that people would talk one-on-one -on -one with the growers. So tell me you don't want to go there now. No, I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of reasons to go to visit Hawaii aside from the tea. But I even have a little more incentive. When we come back, I'm going to talk about a little story. Because the seeds of this interview were actually planted long before this show came into being. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hi, this is Sarah with the Maya Tea Company. If you've been steeping around with Manish Shah, you've likely heard me on random radio commercials. Although I'm sure I could have had you fooled, no, I'm not a professional radio presence. Actually, I work alongside your host, Manish, during the Monday to Friday 9 to 5, pushing paper and paying bills. And like most of us 9 to 5ers, I require a daily dose of caffeine. Luckily for me, working in the tea business, there's no shortage of caffeinated teas to choose from. But I generally stick to my two favorites, Yerba Mate and Puer Tea. Yerba Mate is strong and grassy, while Puer is earthy and robust. When it comes to flavor, these teas couldn't be any more different. But I can depend on both of these to keep me on the edge of my seat, which is really a necessity when you work with a guy like Manish. You can find these wonderful teas, Yerba Mate and Puer, on our website available for sale, but that's not all. Check out the blog section of MayaTea.com for a blog written specifically on each of them by yours truly. You'll find a variety of other blogs there as well. That's right, Maya Tea Company isn't just about selling great tea, it's all about education and community. 
So if you like what you've heard on Steeping Around, you're sure to love what you're going to find on MayaT.com. And if you type the word steep into the coupon code, you can save 15%. Cheers! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea in studio today with producer Terry LeBoff, talking about tea in Hawaii. In fact, I have a really beautiful story to share with you about tea Hawaii, but before we do that, I want to hear some of your stories. If you have something that you'd like to share, a question, a topic that you want us to cover that's tea-related please send us your email. The email address for the show is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. If you're a fan of the show, please fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And for awesome tea, you can always look on our website, www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. And of course, if you actually have photos now of you drinking tea and quote unquote steeping around somewhere, (laughs) you can email those too. We are starting to put up photographs and other things on our Steeping Around website, which is steepingaround.com. All the shows are up there now. Pretty soon video, photos, it's all coming together here in the next few weeks. So it should be very exciting to see how that goes forward. Speaking of exciting things, I have to share with you my story about tea Hawaii. And it actually is from probably two years previous. Mm -hmm. The show is only about a year and a half old. But before that, I was actually in the World Tea Expo two years ago and walking around the show floor. Now, I've mentioned before that one of my great pleasures of being in the tea business is when I get to open up a fresh chest of tea from overseas. Wow. Yeah. When you can, when you can <laughs> Sounds open, amazing. When you can crack open that first sealed chest of like a Darjeeling mm-hmm. or some of the Chinese green teas or white teas, there is just something about it because the air from the place that it's from is trapped in wow. the box and the bags. And when you open it up, it just comes rushing out. And it's a beautiful aroma. Now, I make mention of this because when I was walking the show floor the two years past, Mm -hmm. I was walking around and I got hit with that aroma really in a strong way that I hadn't smelled in a long, long time. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was looking around and it was actually coming from the Tea Hawaii booth. What they had done is brought over some of their fresh tea plants. Wow. They had put them up on display. Oh, my God. I've never even seen fresh tea plants before. That'd be so cool. And they were oxidizing them right there on the show floor. And so that aroma was starting to develop and become just so fragrant. It's like fresh coconuts and and woodsy and tropical and floral. And if you you know that smell, you know that smell. It's really hard. If you're a tea person, you know what that smell is. I bet that's a great marketing gimmick, too, because that would totally draw people in. Drew you in. It drew me in. And so all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God. And so I stopped there back then. And I chatted with them a little bit, but I didn't have have an inkling that there was going to be a show. I mean, this was all long back. So that memory has never left me. And to be able to revisit the booth, meet with Eva Lee, hear her story, connect with them as people, 
it just really connects the dots. And it's so great because sometimes you get to revisit and do things over and they're just as sweet the second time, if not better. I urge all of you to go to their website and see it. It's beautiful there. And hopefully I will get a chance to go over there soon. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, I know. I'm just we putting can. that out there now. <laughs> well, we can, we can wish that for all. Well, thank you, Producer Terry LaBeouf, for joining me on the show today. It is always a pleasure to be here. And thanks to all of you for listening. Remember to tune in next week when we're going to continue our discussion about the beautiful island of Hawaii. And we'll get into the specifics about what tea Hawaii actually carries in terms of their tea, their wine, yeah, I said it, as well as their <laughs> tea ware. It's awesome how much stuff they've got. Yep. I want to thank all of you for listening this week. And until next week, I hope that all of you get a chance to go steeping around in Hawaii as well. Aloha. Aloha.